Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the one, the only, the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here today to discuss the January 1983, on sale October 12th of 1982, issue of the Uncanny X-Men number 165. This one's titled, Transfigurations. With the lights out, it's less dangerous. Here we are now, entertain us. I feel stupid and contagious. Here we are now, entertain us. Transfigurations. Transfigurations, more than meets the eye. Yes, sir. And on the cover of Trans. Figurations is Storm turning into a brood. Or is it a brood turning into Storm? Um, well, the little movement marks uh, seem to indicate that she's turning into the brood. But who knows? Maybe it's maybe she's doing it in reverse. Or maybe that one in the middle is transforming into both a brood and Storm. No. Hadn't even thought about that. Apparently, this cover was done by somebody with the initials of DMS or PMS, and I surely hope it's PMS. It's PMS. It's Paul Martin Smith. <gasps> PMS. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> He's got horrible initials. Wait a minute. Where's Dave Cockrum? Dave Cockrum's gone. For good? Well, until he does a next fill-in. But yeah, for, yeah, he is no longer... The artist, that last issue was, without ceremony, his last issue. What happened, Adam? I don't know. Do you know? No. He stopped? <laughs> I, really? There's got to be, like, maybe him and uh, Chris Claremont got in, like, a big fight about creative control and stuff. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, good. I'm glad I solved that mystery. I like how Storm and Brood Storm's hair are connected. Oh, I hadn't even noticed that. It's kind of neat. Uh... I like this cover. This is one of the comics that I um, I didn't have growing up. I have it now, but uh, growing up, I, I didn't have it. And uh, just like the Wolverine turning into a brood cover, this was one of the ones that was like, I don't have it. So it's cooler than everything I have. I don't think he, he didn't turn into a brood on the cover. He was being attacked by a spider. Oh, well, whatever it was. The one where he was painfully doing something on the cover. But, but that fighting one. off those comic dialogue lines. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I like this cover. It's a good cover. It's got nice colors. It's got a good gradient in the background. Yeah. It's not so busy like those Dave Cockrum covers. Jeez. I like Paul Smith. Um, I mean, this is not probably, as his first issue, he, he definitely stands to get better. Mm-hmm. But, uh. I like it. Yeah, this is a good cover. I can't say much for the inside art, but uh, well, let's just get into it here, Adam. It's uh, uh, It is Transfigurations. It is written by Chris Claremont. It is penciled by Paul Smith. Bob Wiasek is the inker. Uh, L. Varley is the colorist. That's Lynn Varley, who I believe would later marry Frank Miller, but I'm not 100% on that. I know she works with him a lot. She did the coloring on 
Dark Knight Returns, the seminal 80s Frank Miller stuff. No. Tom Warzachowski is the letterer, Lewis Jones is the editor, and Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief. True. That is all true statements. It is. And as we recall from last issue, episode, uh, Binary had flown through the spaceship to to do something because she was so mad that she had a little brood in her. And so when she did that, the rest of the X-Men were in the process of getting sucked out a hole. Now, I had the impression from the last issue that the X-Men were in space, but I guess not. What do you what do you mean? They're in space. The last panel of the last issue, I thought they were already on the outside of the ship. Oh. But I guess it could be interpreted either way. It well, well, yeah, I'm looking at the panel right now and uh the wind lines kind of make it look like they've been blown out into space, but their poses all make it look like they're being sucked out into space. And in fact, Cyclops does say we're being sucked out into space. <laughs> Except for Nightcrawler, who is uh, doing his best to not being sucked out into space. But he's not holding on to anything. That's true. Or maybe he, maybe he's just sticky enough. Yeah. And uh, in, in the last panel of the last uh, uh, issue, Colossus is in his armored form. But in the beginning of this issue, he is in his fleshy form. Oh, well, that's that's so that... Chris Claremont can have Cyclops do some uh, bossing around. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad continuity. <laughs> also, Wolverine has got his claws in the floor. Somehow I don't, don't think that would really keep you to the floor. Yeah. The poses here don't match the poses at all from the last issue. But, eh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Another interesting thing is that in the last issue... Wolverine has his cowl on. As we start this issue, Wolverine does not have his cowl on. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Just a little like Paul Smith, like, didn't read the last episode or issue. Or maybe he did and he tried to make it exact and Chris was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Those are just details. Stick with me, kid. We'll make comics. It's, uh, I like this sequence, but there's, I find it wholly unrealistic. Meh. I mean, in the, in the sense that, like, obviously it's a comic book and it is wholly unrealistic, but in the sense that, like, logically this makes very little sense. Go for it, man. Explain how this sequence unfolds. Well, Cyclops, uh, upside down, decides that he needs to do some uh, very quick thinking, and he has Colossus armor up, and he has him block the hole with his body and don't let anybody get swept past um so cyclops does this and this is my first problem yeah um well cyclops or colossus is like he is drawn right up to the the hole that's how powerful the wind is mm -hmm. and you know let's assume for a second that he does not get sucked out into space because he manages to grab onto the ship which you know it's exciting and nail-biting but just keep in mind that Colossus got sucked from the floor to the the ceiling just like that. Okay, so what what you're what I think what you're laying down here is that uh, while um, unrealistic, it's plausible that the vacuum of space could have pulled him up there, and he could have had the strength to keep himself from being pulled out. 
Yeah, so far I'm with it. But I mean, that's a heck of a lot of force that the vacuum is exerting on the inside of this cabin. Yes. The okay. amount of force, it seems like if it was able to suck him up to the hole, then the, the, logically it should suck him through the hole. And poor, poor Colossus, his his back is now getting, I mean, you saw Alien Resurrection. Man, that thing got killed. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I did see that movie. That yeah. was a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. But I mean, Colossus, is he's living steel, so we're going to assume that once he yeah. braces himself, you know, it's he's, yeah, he's fine. Although he also says, the slightest mistake will send me hurtling into space where even my armored form cannot long survive. So he's in space. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a little dialogue in here uh, a little earlier where it's like, uh, oh, it's a good thing that this room is so big. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that much oxygen. Right. That, that's mm-hmm. the other issue. Colossus is now right next to space with all the air getting sucked out. Right. So how's he breathing? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. But now I thought you were going to go to the point of, well, if it has this much force to pull Colossus, the man made out of steel, from the uh, from the bottom of the ship up to the hole, don't you think it would just mush all the rest of the X-Men who aren't metal and who weigh a hell of a lot less? They're holding on to stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you got to buy some of the logic. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, okay. carry on. Uh, so he, Cyclops quickly tells Nightcrawler to teleport with the lander to the bridge where they can activate the damage control systems. Nightcrawler does not say, but Cyclops, I cannot see the bridge. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> no, instead he says, uh, Cyclops, I, luckily I studied the plans for the ship very carefully and I know exactly where to go. Yes, he is intimately familiar with his ship's design. So, okay, I'm good. Uh, he tell, Nellicrawler teleports Alandra to the bridge as commanded. Um, they kind of talk back and forth about how they have brood inside them and why are they even bothering, which just doesn't, doesn't feel like Nightcrawler dialogue, but I don't know. It's an early Nightcrawler. There's a lot of that vibe that will be carried on through this issue. Why bother? We're only postponing the inevitable. We are doomed, Lalandra. Let's lie down. <laughs> Let's lie down together. Wolverine, uh, Cyclops has Wolverine cut, choose, cut loose a chunk of the deck. Um, okay. Wolverine swings one arm up and starts cutting with his other arm. Now this is an impossible act. Well, I want to know why... Are you, like, manipulating his body back and forth to, like... (laughs) If we agree that he had both of his claws uh, sunk into the metal so that he wouldn't be flown away, what I think this image is illustrating is that his right arm is still attempting to anchor him to the metal while his left arm is slicing away a chunk of the deck, I think is what is supposed to be happening. Just, It doesn't look quite right, and I had to stare at it a little bit more to get to that. But then he uh, slips. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> and they call his uh, the housing in his forearms, they call him bionic. Bionic housings in his forearms. But as the lender tries to maintain pressure in the bay so the X-Men will have air to breathe, the wind suddenly intensifies. 
yanking Wolverine free. And now Wolverine is flying across the bay straight into Colossus. Oh, I see what's happening. So the air is being sucked out of the hangar. Uh, and the other thing we missed is that as soon as the hole was put into the hangar, the ship sealed itself off so that none of the living quarters would be damaged. So Lilander is pumping air from the ship into the hangar so that they don't run out of oxygen. Which is what causes Wolverine to uh, get shoved from his uh, from his anchor, as it were. Yeah. Although I would have been happy with him just losing his balance and flying across the room. Yeah, I mean, they are in space. There's a hole in the spaceship and there's a lot of pressure. Anything could have happened. Presumably there's a force field of sorts behind Colossus's back that is keeping the air in. <laughs> sure. So Wolverine flies across the room straight into Colossus. Colossus says, look out, my friend. Wolverine says, you look out too, bub. And um, now Wolverine is definitely facing out of space. Oh, yeah. He is he, in he, space. He hits Colossus straight on, upside down. Uh, he is, if if you thought Colossus at least is facing out, uh, not space, Wolverine is now facing space. Wolverine is 100% in space, only cradled by Colossus's arm, which is jutting out from the ship, uh, embracing Colossus to plug, kind of plug the hole. At which point Cyclops finishes the job that Wolverine started by using his optic force blasts to finish cutting the, uh, the piece of the floor, which then flies up to the hole, and, Coloss- and Cyclops says, Colossus, get out of the way, which this is the biggest problem. <laughs> if, Colossus is fly- if Colossus was forced to fly across the room with his amazing power of wind, how can he get out of the way? I don't know, Adam. And now he's, he's twice as heavy because he's holding Wolverine. This was my favorite part of the issue, to be honest, because <laughs> like the whole like at first you're like everything's going wrong, but then the plan all comes together. Colossus jumps out of the way, and then the piece of metal hits up against the wall, sealing the opening, and now everybody is safe. But you're totally right. I uh, agree with you. It, it was an action-packed sequence, and I thought it was a lot of fun. But man, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of very impossible things are happening here. The nitpicker in me is just like, no. <laughs> so, yep, gravity reestablishes itself, and they go fall into the ground. Um, Kitty was here the whole time, but she played no part. Well, she's in the first panel, getting her her hair is, is getting sucked up up towards the hole. Wouldn't she ah. just Wouldn't she just phase <laughs> and be like, "I'm okay, guys." That's why she didn't play a part. <laughs> ah. So uh, Colossus is laying on the ground. Wolverine is sitting on him. He's fine, Kitty. I'm fine. Everything's hunky-dory. That is if you can ignore the fact that the X-Men are good as dead. (laughs) I'm Wolverine. I'm the best there is of what I do. And what I do is being a downer. (laughs) Meanwhile, on Earth, the ladies are poolside. You got Stevie Hunter... Ilyana Rasputin and Moira McTaggart, and they're all in their swimsuits, drinking some lemonade, and they're lamenting various things that they've lost, apparently. At least Stevie Hunter and Moira McTaggart are. They're talking about how, you know, they don't know whether or not the X-Men are dead or alive. Uh, Charles is pretty upset. He's been kind of hiding himself away. 
he's he's just not he's he's never really recovered the loss of his legs and Stevie understands that she she lost her ability to dance and she was barely able to uh, to walk and in fact she falls as she still have has spasms to this day from I guess whatever surgery she had in order to fix her shattered knee. There was an accident years ago, shattered her knee, the doc fixed it, virtually good as new, she can walk and she can dance. Uh, the only thing she can't do is perform. Well, she can dance a little, but. Well, I, I think, yeah, she can, she can, she, she can't perform because it's unreliable, I would assume. Right. Um, no great loss, I suppose, no worse than losing your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, I have a letter from Reed Richards. So we get uh, a verbal introduction to Xian Koi Man. Yes, we we already met her in a issue of I think I don't know I don't even remember what it was. Marvel Comics Presents or something like that. It featured Spider Man and maybe all of the Fantastic Four. I don't remember. Uh, code name Karma. She's evidently a mutant, and she can control her abilities with uh, lessons she's taught herself. But Reed Richards is worried that there's definitely something that could uh, about her powers that could get out of hand. Yes, uh, we remember her powers enable her to take over and host other uh, uh, other others' bodies. And the and she Reed Richards would like to know if the professor could lend some assistance, and Professor Xavier's like no. Well, it's more like no. <laughs> I don't want to help. Uh, Moira gives up. She's like, as you wish. Hands him the mail. Moira. No arguments, Moira. I'm surprised. And she goes on. She starts playing a martyr. Oh. We've fought enough these past weeks. I'm just going to be a little passive-aggressive right now. I'm done screaming and breaking my heart. It's your life. Do whatever you want to. Fortunately for the girl, there are other options. You? Maybe. What about Magneto or Emma Frost's Massachusetts Academy? (laughs) This will get you thinking. (laughs) You turn over that child over to villains? Evil mutants? No way! (laughs) Way, and she's got a really good point here. I mean, this is I because with them she'll have the best possible opportunity to learn to cope with her abilities. She won't be condemned before she's bloody begun, like you're doing, jerk. Moira, you aren't being fair. I cannot bring another child into this place only to see her destroyed. The X Men are my family. I love them. As I would love my children, you've no conception of how it hurts to lose them. Oh, Professor, you're just as jerky as you've ever been. I forgot about <laughs> Proteus. <laughs> yeah, not only is he my son, but he could have been our son. Well, thank God <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> so, you should probably talk to Karma. Oh, I'll just look at this letter. <laughs> Fine. He picks up the phone and he makes a phone call. Meanwhile, back in space, Storm is jetting across through some sort of uh, nebula. We've all seen nebulas in billions of sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like this. It's like the, what was the nebula in Star Trek II called? Um, Spock. <laughs> yes. Just like the Spock nebula in Star <laughs> Trek II. 
Storm basically rehashes all of her emotions from last issue about how she's a goddess and she can't kill and there's a sentient being in her and blah, blah, blah. She feels like she's got two options. One, she kills the life inside of her, but then it kind of goes against her whole idea of uh, killing. And the other option is that she lets it grow and uh, it kills her and she lets it live. Um, But then she realizes, wait a minute, there's a third option. I can just kill myself. She doesn't realize that on this page, though, does she? Um. Oh no! Before that happens, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, you're you're missing the best part of the comic, Adam. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't like this for one reason, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Oh well, the art and the pacing of the next couple of pages, three pages, I would say, are very reminiscent of classic X Men backup stories. But that's mm. just me. Anyways, uh, yeah. So she's all of a sudden as she's thinking about this, her hands turn into brood hands. Uh, And then it looks like her head turns into a brood head, but she's kind of having like a dream, it looks like, because then we flash to a scene of her with brood hands and a storm head, and then she doubles over, and then she, as she's doubled over, she looks like a total brood with storm hair, but then we see her with brood hands and her normal head, and she sees that they're coming across the nebula, and Storm slowly starts fading from the brood form back to Storm form, and she realizes that she is in the galactic core. Yes, that is a problem <laughs> I have. Yes, no, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm myself again. This must be the galactic core. That sudden influx of power caught the embryo off guard. How do I know any of this? <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, even uh, the part that I really don't like about it, though, is if if Storm is brooding out already, shouldn't all the rest of the X-Men also be brooding out? Or is it kind of a random time thing? You know, I don't like about sci-fi movies like this mm-hmm. or, or sci-fi things like this is like, shouldn't the time of the hatching be somewhat similar? They were all impregnated at the same time. Wolverine started hatching two issues ago, and then his healing factor saved him. Uh, I, I just don't like the convenience of like, oh, they hatch as it becomes convenient for <laughs> them to get over it. So I I look at this as one of two things. She either started brooding out or she's having like a fever dream type thing. No, I think she started brooding out. Um, I don't think her, her head ever, like she looks in the, in the reflection mm-hmm. and she sees the brood head, but I don't think her head ever brooded out. Oh, okay. I guess that wasn't clear to me. That makes more sense. Because in the next panel after that, she's covering her eyes with her brood hands. And right. she always has the brood hands. Well, except for this first panel where she's a complete brood. Uh, well, except for her head. I mean, it's colored improperly, but her yeah. head is still her head. So maybe she did totally brood out, but then the nebula reverted yeah. back. I don't know. There's a lot the of... Mag- the magical nebula saved the day. <laughs> but the problem I guess I have with that is that there's... I mean, the transforming, transfiguring into a brood is a very physical um, transformation. I mean, they don't have legs and arms and all of the body parts we have. They have kind of a, I don't know, an insect-like tail. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I don't know. So, blah, blah, blah. 
But you can go back and forth between being a brood all the time. <laughs> yeah. So easy. I'm In fact, that's new power. Now she's storm transforms into a brood. They call her storm brood. Yeah, she can go back and forth at any time. Well, she doesn't know if this is going to last. Uh, even here, she cannot withstand it for much longer. If she's to act, she must do so now. And that's when she realizes she faces not two paths, but three paths. And that's, like I mentioned, I kind of jumped the gun there, but she decides she's going to commit suicide and she goes out into space. Although I, I'm not really sure if she's intending to commit suicide or if she's just thinking that, like, that's most likely what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to tell because she, she goes outside. Uh, she, she, she blows her ship power up. of the entire core. Yeah. Um, which kills the brood, but also kills herself. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I thought her, because she doesn't effectively say, I'm going to kill myself, but she does say, uh, I face not two paths, but three. I kind of thought like she, her whole plan was to harness the power of the core, and that was her plan. But but then her ship blows up and she's floating in space naked. So yeah, maybe she was going to commit suicide. I don't know. Anyways, well, she says she's bidding her friends for farewell as well. So yeah, I think she was intending to kill herself. But you know, uh, so Storm's dead now. Hmm. Um, I think we need to start keeping track of every time somebody dies. No kidding. So they fix up the ship, the X Men and the Landra, and uh, uh, Cyclops is like, "All right, we're ready to roll. The question is, where do we go?" Wolverine says, let's go back to finish what we started, because uh, why not? To the Sleaze world? To take <laughs> on the Brood? Six people in an armed yacht versus an entire race? I'm talking like I have filler to fill. <laughs> I mean, you're talking suicide, Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already had this conversation. Come on, let's go. All right, fine. Let's go. <laughs> Well, the lander stands up and says, I am a part of a warrior race, and I agree with Wolverine. And and Cyclops says, yep, me too. God help us all. Let's do it. Yeah. So Cy- or Wolverine's walking around the corridors because he's looking for people. He sees uh, Nightcrawler praying. In nomin patri et fili et spiritus sancti. Amen. <laughs> Is that how that goes, or did you just... I just wung it. Oh, nice. Well done, Adam. I was going to ask you what all that meant. Is it German or is it Italian? I think it's Latin, but uh, oh, I don't could, know. Let me, um, let me type it into the old Google and see if anything comes up. It's like what those Dominican monks do. Remember those guys? Gregorian chants? Yeah, the Gregorian chant monks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember when they were popular? I do remember when they were popular. It was mid to late 90s. I'm, I'm for everybody. I knew a guy whose big plan after uh, he got some money was to open a nightclub that served really good food and played nothing but Gregorian chants. How did that go? I don't, He never did it. Oh. But it was his big plan. That's a good plan. You would put everybody to sleep. <laughs> In fact, weren't there some Gregorian chants that made it onto, like, popular radio? I believe so, yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there were, like, remixes to do, like, Enya-style oh Gregorian chants. So it was like... 
Cody Kozobo. And then they oh, and they did covers. They did a cover of like Smells Like Teen Spirit and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I wow. forgot about that. You know what music you're going to need to do for this episode. <laughs> Dang, I'm going to have to find some of those covers. The proper pronunciation is Inomine Patri, Fili Espiritu Sancti, which means In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I guess we could have guessed that. And that is Latin. Ah, holy Latin. Wolverine's like, I didn't take you for a praying type of guy. Why don't I look the part? Nyuk, nyuk. Because I look like a devil, you see. <laughs> waka, waka. <laughs> uh, you should try it, Logan. Who knows? You might like it. I did in the army. A mistake. A storyline I believe has ever been covered by anyone ever. <laughs> Wolverine, the religious day. <laughs> so, yeah, the implication here is that he did his praying while he was in the army. But then in the next panel, he's like, I believe in nothing, never have, never will, including that time in the army. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't know if, it, if he was saying, like, I believed in something once, it was the army, and that was a mistake. Or if I believed in God when I was in the army, but now I don't. <laughs> so I'm not sure what he's saying here, but anyways. All that matters is what he can see, hear, smell, and taste, and touch. His five senses. Actually, yeah, it's his five sentences. The rest is imagination. Uh, do you have no use for that? Nope. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry for you, my friend. Let's go get some beer. Okay. <laughs> Off they I go. I alone, bub. I got you. <laughs> I got you, bub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You, you just made a, a great parody. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to do uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine singing, I got you, bub. We've got some creative listeners out there that have musical talent. Please, somebody make that happen. Or send us the lyrics and the music, and we'll we'll be the voices. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you could be Nightcrawler. I'll be Wolverine. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kitty is in her room, and she's sleeping, and she's having a dream, apparently, that she's at a funeral back in Deerfield, Illinois, and uh, she's doesn't quite know who's in the coffin until she makes her way to it. And she finds out that it's her. No. Not only is it her, but her eyes open and it turns into a brood, which drags her into the coffin. No. And everybody just looks sad. Yep. And then she wakes up from her nightmare and says, no, no. <laughs> and Colossus is there. Don't worry, I was not in your room for any particular reason. Uh, just walking by. <laughs> I was not in here. I wasn't staring at you. I wasn't drawing you in your sleep. <laughs> I wasn't brushing your hair while you were sleeping. <laughs> uh, oh, did you have a bad dream? I had a doozy of a bad dream. They have been making the rounds lately. None of us are sleeping well, if at all. So how about... Oh, Kitty's like, then let's sleep together. <laughs> Oh, there, there's a weird little romantic moment. First, she's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then he's like, well, come on, let's let's talk about it. There's a lot of dialogue in here. He gets all uh, philosophical when Kitty's like, P, I don't understand you. Are you too stupid or just too scared to accept the truth? We're going to die. Da, Kitty. Da. We are. Uh, 
but we are born to die. As a matter of fact, from conception, we are born to die. So, remember when Wolverine said I was a poet? I've been working on that. <laughs> I usually am not too good at words, but today I am perfectly articulate. So he, he says some poignant things. Yes. Lives are finite things. We live our allotted span and are no more. Regardless of what we may do, how hard we try, the best we can hope for is a brief delay of the inevitable. Good Lord, that's depressing. <laughs> By the way, everything you do will be forgotten in a couple of generations. Hooray! <laughs> All right, then let's do it. But to have, to hand like this, to have this alien thing inside me growing like a cancer, that sucks. We're going to die soon. I can handle dying in battle or old, but not like this. Boy, I wish I was older. Thanks, Peter. I really needed this. So do I. <laughs> I wish you were older, too. You're fooling, right? Humoring the kid to perk up her spirits? I know precisely what you meant, Katja. I have never been more serious. <laughs> they smooch. However, little one, you are not older. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Let's do it. <laughs> Why, when you're doomed, what's the point of playing by society's stupid rules? This is not the proper time or place. So Kitty's like, the hell with it. Let's, come on. Give me How that. How old is she? She's 14. We just found out in the off panel she turned 14 um yeah but, on this trip but she she didn't realize it was her birthday right so she's 14 and i think colossus is supposed to only be 17 hmm. okay. so i mean it's it's a little weird but i mean and she, I, I mean i don't know i went to high school i've certainly seen bigger age differences well i, I i'm not it's not the age difference it's just i guess when i first kind of read about it i didn't really think about the age i just i think of kitty as a little girl and that doesn't make sense to me well and the way colossus is drawn you think of him as like a 24 year old man so it's like that's weird yeah but apparently he changes his mind because he rips his shirt off and says by the white wolf which is the first time he says it while ripping his shirt off i believe i believe you're right uh but off panel they hear something you never know. The universe is full of surprises. No, I think that's Colossus. Are you sure? Yeah, because her dialogue is uh, in italics. Oh, you're right. So Colossus does his best storm impression and says, You never know. The universe <laughs> is full of surprises. Most of them nasty. Peter, look! And it's Storm. And she's got her vampire teeth back in. And she uh, Colossus points that out. And she's like, that's not right. And then she disappears. Meanwhile, in a kitchen, uh, they found that the food rack cycle can make beer. Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> that's from the Jetsons. <laughs> it's an alien food synthesizer. What did you expect? The machine and the beer should improve with practice. Plus, we'll get drunk, so it won't matter. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I hope so. Logan, Kurt... And Aurora pops in again, and now she's dressed in her John Byrne era Savage Land outfit. Wolverine's like, hi, Aurora, because this stuff doesn't even rate as rot gut. Huh? Storm! <laughs> and then she disappears. Was she ever here? Could be your concoction's more potent than we figured. Could be we're cracking up. I feel fine. Sober. 
sane. At this point, we don't know that Wolverine really doesn't get drunk. Right. That hasn't been established. Uh, there, my friend. There, my friend. She's back. And now she's like a toddler in some rags. This isn't right either, she says. And there's a weird coloring issue where Nightcrawler sticks his finger through the image of Storm and oh. they color his fingers brown and it makes, because it matches her skin color, it looks like she's got some sort of tumor growth. <laughs> it does. But, but those are Nightcrawler's fingers. I just thought that it was kind of like, I don't know, skin bubbles. <laughs> like she's, I mean, obviously she's trying to find her form here. Uh, By growing a new thumb out of her hand? <laughs> well, yeah. My thumb needs to be much bigger. So she disappears again, and uh, they rush off to see the X-Men. Colossus still hasn't put his shirt on, but he's talking with Cyclops and Lilandra. <laughs> Nobody's like, what are you doing with that little girl? Why did he take off his shirt? Uh, I don't understand. He did rip it off. You would think that, I mean, they could have just done like a transformation into Colossus and that would have ripped his shirt, but he's just like like Hulk Hogan style ripping his shirt off. Yeah, I, I think he changed his mind and he was he, he was going to make out with Kitty. He's like, we're going to do it in my steel form. <laughs> I don't know if this is how I want my first time to go. <laughs> so uh, another storm appears with all the X-Men collected together now. And now it's young teenage Storm wearing rags, uh, different rags again. Wolverine does the weirdest pose ever. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's kind of leaning forward, but telling the others to to stay back with his with his pose, and it makes sense, but it's just very silly looking. Well, the other thing that doesn't quite make sense is that in the last couple of panels, when he was in the kitchen, he didn't have his cowl. And it looks like his shadow, as he's coming in from the hallway to the bridge, he also has no cowl. But now all of a sudden he has a cowl on. He put it on to talk to Storm. (laughs) Maybe this will help her remember me. Hey, me. It's the guy with the mask. Oh. (laughs) Now she's older Storm, probably from Belasco's lair. I believe so, yeah. Cyclops says, Wolverine, it's a holographic projection. It isn't real. And Wolverine says, I thought so too, but my senses tell me it's Storm. I'm following their lead. So shut up. And that's when Lilandra sees visual contact. Cyclops, it's the brood living starships. We're being swallowed whole. Let's punch our way out of here pronto. Pronto. Can we do that? Nope, we can't. It's too late. The creature broadcasts a power field that dampens the matter-antimatter core. The drive is inert. (laughs) That was as much for my my protection as for yours, Lilandra. I could not risk your injuring the Akanti before I had opportunity to explain. She manages to get into her regular normal storm form, and she says... um, I know the Akanti at least as well as I know myself, Scott, because she is myself. The Akanti and I are one. Cyclops calls the Akanti a star beast, Mm -hmm. which I kind of like. In 30 days, the X-Men's final confrontation with the Brood, wherein they'll either live free or die. Hard. (laughs) Yeah. And in this issue, we also get a preview for the new mutants graphic novel by chris claremont and bob mcleod 
Whoa! It's happening, everybody. It's really happening. You mean that all of this Professor X stuff is setting something up? Tis. Whoa. So Whoa. we'll Whoa. be we'll be talking about that one. Maybe. Whoa. Uh yeah, that was a filler issue, if ever I've read a filler issue. It was, but it was good. It's alright. Uh I mean lots of stuff happens. We get our action packed beginning, we get a whole bunch of segues of like who's doing this, who's doing that. Yeah, it was definitely a connective tissue issue but or a connective t issue <laughs> yes t issue yeah but uh as far as it goes it was it was kind of interesting yeah it's all right it's good we get some you know furthering of colossus and kitty's story we get some more wolverine and nightcrawler and i just feel like we're really stretching this brood story out yeah mm. yeah it's been going on for quite a while it's almost over Thank goodness. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, we didn't get anything this month, this week, this time around, communication-wise. But if you'd like to get a hold of us, please do so by emailing us at uh, com, or you can go out to facebook.com forward slash dangerroompodcast. Follow us at dangerroomgo. You can go out onto iTunes. You can search for Danger Room Podcast will be the first thing that comes up. You can subscribe to us, leave us a five-star review. We can also find us on Stitcher. You can call us at 501-GET-X-MEN. A whole host of ways for you to get a hold of us. True that. Yo. And uh, we will be waiting in bated breath for our I Got You Bub lyrics. We we started you out. It goes, I got you, bub. Yes. They they say our love can't pay the rent, but that's the real lyric. So now you have to alter that. Yeah, the real lyrics are definitely available <laughs> online. You just have to change them. Yeah, and if, if you're really feeling like a superstar, you can record the whole thing for us and we'll totally play it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and just to sweeten the pot, Adam. If somebody were to do that, uh, they would they would get a prize from my comic book sack. You keep your comics in a sack? Yeah, it's probably not the best place for me to keep them, but you know, no. <laughs> they're not that wrinkly. <laughs> uh, I read Dazzler. I skimmed it. Meh. I skimmed the the rogue the the, the sisterhood parts. If if um. X-Men was a filler, then this Dazzler is a super filler. It's bad. So Dazzler, uh, somebody sets Dazzler's apartment on fire. It's a dude whose name is The Flame. And Dazzler's panicked because she thinks that his rogue and the sisterhood of evil mutants come for her. But it's not. Turns out that The Flame was hired by her landlord to burn down the building for the insurance money. And we spend a lot of time going through that story. She hires Luke Cage and what's the other guy? Uh, uh, Iron Fist. I always want to say Luke Cage and Nick Fury. <laughs> be an interesting pair. But no, you're, yeah, it's Iron Fist. She hires them for uh, protection because she's scared uh, that the sisterhood of evil mutants is going to retaliate. Um, they're pretty ineffective, um, but but they, they have some witty banter about themselves. Somewhere in the issue, Mystique is kind of like, oh, let's just forget about the X-Men for now. Let's just lay low. 
Well, no, she says she says we're going to forget about Dazzler right now, but we're still on our, our our plan to get Angel to get the X Men is still in play. Yeah. Oh, they're going to let uh, Angel stew um, yeah. for a little while, and uh, she she orders Rogue to just forget about Dazzler. Like we're just going to let her. She's a nobody, just a singer. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. Um, there's a there's a three panel angel thing where he's like hiding undercover at a coffee shop and he says I'd go get I'd go to the professor for help but he's too dispirited to do anything and then it says see X Men one sixty one which I think that's an error because in professor one or issue one sixty one was the issue where the professor came out of his coma it was uh-huh. the flashback issue yeah and and really. Is the professor going to send the angel away? I don't know. Maybe. This doesn't seem very angel-like where he's sitting in this coffee shop all unshaven like, oh, my God, they're going to come get me. They're after me. No, it's it's not at all, actually. Uh, but he does he does make a funny. He's like, because when they come, it isn't going to be a game of Space Invaders, he says while playing a game of Space Invaders. Go, angel. Which is stupid. Uh, yeah. So Dazzler gets captured by the flame. She beats up the flame and then Iron Fist and Power Man, they show up and they're like, oh, we did some investigating. We realized what was going on. So they were totally ineffective. But but at least they helped carry the flame out of the building. And at the end of the issue, Rogue comes out and she's like, I know Mystique told me not to come get you, but look out, honey. I'm coming for you. Dun, dun, dun. So the next issue is going to be Rogue Pact and Iron Fist and Power Man Pact. Maybe even Angel Pact. Potentially. Did you read anything, Adam? I read Defenders number 115, which uh, wraps up the previous Otherworld epic by revealing that Kyle Richards, or whatever his name is, is Kyle Richmond, Nighthawk, is, was, uh, was in fact dead and... The Kyle Richmond that they've been dealing with is from the other world and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they all go back to their own dimension, but because there's a problem with the dimension transporting device, Beast, um, Gargoyle, Namor, and Valkyrie get transported to a Dr. Seuss um, world where it's, a, it's, it's actually a pretty amusing issue. Um, they're, they're in the town of here, and they they think maybe the, the the Dr. Seuss people think maybe these guys are from the town of there, which is that town over there. Sure, sure, sure. It's clever, but it and then it turns out that the, they went to war because they were confused because when you're in there, it's clearly here. Yep, yeah, sure, sure. Namor gets very angry about all this. He's just stewing the whole time, and they give him funny sneakers. Namor, yeah, to cover his wing feet. Uh, no, his wings are outside of the sneaker feet, but they're still pretty amusing. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, the water's made of sugar water, so Namor can't swim in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> strawberry water. Namor's um, allergic to um, strawberries? Well, he just can't swim around in water that's sugar. Okay. I guess. He's just really annoyed. I bet. Um, the main character talks in rhymes a lot. There's uh, there's some really weird Dr. Seussy type stuff that are 
it's kind of creepy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, check it out. It's it's worth checking out. What issue was this? Issue one fifteen. It's just a bizarre issue that is clearly a one-off. Of what comic? Uh, the Defenders. Isn't it amazing that the Defenders made it into the one hundreds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if like the stuff that I'm reading is just not up to the up to par, or maybe just these characters are really popular because the Hulk's in it frequently and Doctor Strange is in it frequently. But um, yeah, this this is a tough comic book to get through. All right. Do you read anything else? But this issue was decent, so. Um, nope, nope. They get back home. Next issue, returning to the normal, confusing Defenders crap. Hooray! Well then, uh, until next time, the Danger Room is closed. A mosquito. the nebula in star trek 2 called um spock (laughs) yes just like the spock nebula in star trek 2 did it have a name it it did have a name and i i can't remember what it was all of the electronics went wonky and that's how uh kirk and khan had the slowest space chase scene ever which is still very exciting I can't remember what it was that called. That movie is, it's a great movie, but it is, it's tough to watch. No, it's not. You take that um, back. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I've seen it probably four times in the last five years. There's a couple of scenes that are a little like chalk on or nails on a chalkboard, but the rest of it is solid. It's kind of slow is all I'm saying. It's, v- it's very slow, but it's story driven. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe I should give it another shot. I mean, I like slow. Just, it's it's different. It's awesome. Do you want to know I why mean, it's? I, do you want to know I why it's so it, I slow? It back in the day, but go ahead. It's slow because when they made Star Trek the motion picture, they put as much money as they possibly could into it because they're like, well, it's Star Trek. It's going to be awesome, and then it flops. So when Star Trek Two came around, the studios were like, eh, here's some money. We'll see what you can do with it. And so they had to cut basically all of the special effects and action budget, and then they had to pump up the story part. Oh, the first Star Trek movie was slow. <laughs> yeah, but it was it had all those effects which were boring. <laughs> I mean, it was slow, but it was slow because they they spent twenty minutes like, look at our Enterprise, isn't it amazing? Dun dun dun. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I honestly don't think I have ever made it through a uh, motion picture even once. I'm going to watch it soon. <laughs> I don't know that Maybe I have in chunks. a copy of it available. To I mean, I'm sure I could obtain it, but yeah, I'm pretty is sure. Is it I'm, on Netflix? It, 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 well, it might be, I guess. I know I know. 2 is on Netflix. Yeah. Or uh, it was. I've never made it. I'm going to say I've never made it all the way through, and I may not have even through multiple viewings ever seen all of it in any sort of 
contiguous or discontiguous fashion. I might be in that exact same boat. <laughs> There's a lot of falling asleep. I, I know that. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> Star Trek Two, you will not fall asleep. <laughs>